If I could wave my magic wand, Jer, I would start the Rush Fancast right now. Wow. You don't have to wave your magic wand. I don't. just started. I just started it. Something for nothing. The Rush Fancast. Welcome back. You can follow us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram the Rushcast, email my partner Jerry, the Rushcast at gmail.com. How are you, Jer? I am well. How are you? I'm good. You can find our podcast just about anywhere. And judging by the fact that you're listening, you've already found it. Please rate us <laughs> on your favorite podcast app. What you're listening right now, give us a little rating. Yeah. Give us a little heart, a like, five stars, whatever sure. it is. And tell a friend. Tell a friend yeah. about the Rush Fancast. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. You got that down, Steve. I You're... got it down. It's like we've been doing this for what, 20 weeks or something like that? Something like that. Something like that. We're doing side two of Presto. But before we do that, I've got Twitter polls. Oh, you wow. love the Twitter polls. I do love the Twitter polls. A couple of weeks ago, we did Rush's debut album. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you two Twitter polls, Jared, okay. today. The first one is the first four songs on Rush's debut album. <laughs> I gave people a choice of what their favorite of those four songs were. Okay. Finding My Way, Need Some Love, Take a Friend, Here Again. Finding My Way. 67% said Finding My Way, Yep. which is predictable. Yeah. What do you think came in second? There's a better question. Hmm. That's a hard one. It is. Uh, it was a landslide for second, too. 67% said Finding My Way, and the second was 25%. How about- uh, Which doesn't leave much for the other two songs. Take a Friend. No. Here again. Oh, interesting. Take a Friend only got 4%. Oh. Need Some Love, 5%. Need Some Love needs some love. <laughs> now, the second Twitter poll I did was the last four songs on the Rush debut album. Mm -hmm. What You're Doing, In the Mood, Before and After, and Working Man. Hmm. Let me think about that one. That's a hard one. Yeah? No. Working Man. Yeah. 61% said Working Man. And the other three songs were pretty equal. What you're doing in the mood before and after each got 13, 15, 12% respectively. Mm. And I wonder, the, this poll makes me wonder which song would have won out of Finding My Way and Working Man. Because both were kind of landslide you victories. Yeah, I you should sh do another poll. Head to head poll. I should have already done that, but I didn't. Yeah. Well, but do I, it, do but it. I will. Yeah. 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 Why not? What have you got to lose, Steve? Don't have much to lose. So we're going to do side two of Presto, Jer. I'm excited about this because I love side one and I also love <laughs> side two. But before we do that, why don't we talk about the album cover, which we didn't discuss last time. We didn't sir. discover. What do you think? Uh, it's got a lot of rabbits on it. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah, it's got one, it's got, I think, one godlike rabbit in the top hat. Hovering above. Hovering. Hovering above the mountain. Yeah. Is that like a, a, a do, do rabbits... They live in Warrens, right? Rabbits? Warrens? Yeah. Is that the name of a rabbit hole? I a think warren? so. A Warren. We just don't call it a hole? Well, they call it Warrens. Rabbits <laughs> no. call it that? I think they're called Warrens. Um, maybe that's a, a big rabbit warren where all of these rabbits live and he is the king of all the rabbits. This album cover reminds me of the front cover of the book Watership Down. <laughs> Doesn't it? Did you read that when you were a kid? I have never read Watership Down. I have. I read it when I was, I don't know, probably 15. Is I it had, a I children's think, book? I think, I don't know if it is, but I read it you know, when I was a teenager, I think. I, had, I think I had to read it for school. Huh, interesting. I think. It's about rabbits. It's about rabbits. I don't remember much about it. Are they stranded somewhere? I don't remember Aren't much about it. Aren't all rabbits stranded somewhere? Rabbits don't live a great life, do they? No, they, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. 
They have a lot of baby rabbits. I take it back. Rabbits live a, <laughs> live a great life. I want to come back as a rabbit, Jer. Uh, so Hugh Syme, Good old another Hugh. another Hugh Syme concoction. This uh, album cover, probably not my favorite of the Rush album covers. Yeah, you know, I'm. I look at it trying to find some kind of uh, double entendre or some kind of hidden meaning, and I I just think it's a cover with rabbits on it. I think it's just presto, it's presto and rabbits coming out of a hat. Press the digitation to rabbits. Rabbits. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's jump into side two, Jer, of presto. It's superconductor. As I said on the first Rush album, Presto gives us more cowbell. It, do, yeah, it does. It, does. it <laughs> sure does. So, what do you think of this song, Jer? Superconductor. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. I like it too. But quickly, you know what a su- superconductor is? Is it a, an electrical term? All right. So, a superconductor is a material that offers uh, little or no resistance to electricity. Okay. Right? And when you cool them down. It doesn't allow a magnetic field to pass through it. It has to pass over it. Okay. On either side. So they use superconductors in like mag trains, you know, those super high speed levitating trains. Okay. Because they, they cool down the superconductor. And since the magnetic field can't go through it, it has to go over it. Then the train just rides on a magnetic field. It's pretty cool. Okay. And what does that have to do with the people in this song? The people in this song, they uh, they conduct electricity. They're exciting people. Are they right? celebrities? They're celebrities. That's what I, that's what I interpreted it. Yeah, this definitely. Has. Yeah, packaged like a rebel or a hero, target mass appeal to make an audience feel he really means it. I mean, it's definitely a, a criticism, I think, of fame in general. But I think uh, these people would have the ability to, sort of like in Chain Lightning, mm-hmm. to pass on their excitement to other people. I think Neil just thinks in this instance, it might be a little shallow. <laughs> but ultimately, like we've been saying in all these songs, ultimately it's an illusion, right? Yes. So it brings us back to the theme of Presto. Right. That we concocted. And they use that uh, that weird voice yeah. thing again on Superconductor. Superconductor. <laughs> yeah. It's that, that voice thing. That yeah. voice thing, the box they found yeah. in the basement. What do you think of that? Eh. It's not my favorite thing. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, but I can't picture Getty singing that part, though. Yeah, I guess so. I think I, it works. Yeah, it works. It's it, like I said the first time. It's uh, I don't know. It's just an a, an odd sound. Yeah, that's all. Odd for, for me. Rush. Yeah, but he says, uh, "Hit you in a soft place. A melody so sweet, so strong, and a strong and simple beat that you can dance to." Just saying that you know, it's it's very uh, digestible mm-hmm. for the masses. Yep. Unlike, unlike Rush. 
<laughs> exactly. Rush is the, you know, your dietary roughage. Mm-hmm. Great for you. And it also has a little something to do with war paint. Yes. The line designing to deceive. That's entertainment. Yeah. It is entertainment, right? But in this case, it's celebrities and in war paint, it's just, just average Joe. Average people, yeah. Average Joe putting on their makeup. And then he can put a target on the market, bask in your applause, reality withdraws. Now he believes it. That's just listening to your own mm-hmm. uh, PR, basically. And I love the next line, too. The role becomes the actor. She's addicted to applause. The stage a world because she never leaves it. Right. She's always acting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, putting her Instagram photos up, <laughs> right? Putting Twitter polls. Well, yeah, that's me. That's me. I, I'm I'm the superconductor, Jerry. That's that's it. Uh, at the end, at the end, uh, pin the donkeys on her tail. Fantasies for sale. That's entertainment. Do you think that's a play with tail and donkeys also being known as asses? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's okay, what good. I was going to say. Good. Good. I feel good about myself now. <laughs> She's an ass. That's what he's saying. But um, musically, I think this is great. You know, we've got the guitar in here, similar to uh, Show Don't Tell, that same kind of crunchy guitar. Yeah. And there's one point in the song where the drums lag behind just a little bit, and then they catch up to the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. I just I just love that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, you know that yeah, part? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I remember um, when this album first came out, um, I was... I don't know why I was doing this because I'm not really a big football fan, but I would go watch Monday Night Football. You watched Monday Night Football? Yeah, with our other friend Steve over another friend's house. We'd watch Monday Night Football. And right around the time this album came out, the, the guys who were there were also Rush fans, but they were like, they stopped liking Rush after like um, Signals. But right. I'm like, hey, the new Rush album's really good. You want to listen to it? And they're like, yeah, I guess so. So we watched Monday Night Football. And, I, and then you put this album on. And I on. put this album on. And it was not a big hit with them, but I didn't have Had to they li- been drinking, Jar? Yeah, a little bit, but you know, I wanted to listen to it because back then that's all I wanted to listen to. And now that's all you want to listen to. Yeah. But they were less than enthused. I think they were just humoring me. I also love the way this song jumps up an octave too in the middle of the song. Yeah. Which, which adds to it too, I think. Yeah. Adds the urgency yeah. of it. The superconductivity of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. So we love Superconductor. I mean, it, you know what the theme of this album is? We love it. That's <laughs> that is the, the theme. theme of this album. I mean, we're we're not criticizing anything here. I I don't think we need to, but no, but we're not. Uh, now, track eight, Jer, oh on boy, Presto, yeah. is a favorite of yours. It is Anagram. So, Jar, explain anagram, please. What an anagram is? Sure. People people may not know. Oh. Uh, an anagram is a word that can be rearranged to make another word. There you go. 
So strictly speaking, none of the wordplay in this song are anagrams. Only actually, only a couple of them are actual anagrams because he uses pieces. Right. But it's really the the title of the song is kind of a joke on a Mel Brooks movie. Yes. Where he says telegram for Mongo. And I guess they just anagram for Mongo. So this is a song title you hate because it has parentheses. <laughs> it has parentheses. Which, which you mentioned in the previous podcast, you hated. Right. But, but you, you called it anagram and that seemed fine, right? You didn't say anagram for Mongo. You said anagram. Right. I don't know. So uh, for some reason that the, I mean, it just may, maybe it's just because it's Rush, parentheses don't bother me in this one. I call the Elvis Costello song Red Shoes. You do not call it Red <laughs> Shoes. <laughs> Yeah, so in this song, Neil is like uh, Puzzle Master Will Shorts. It really is well done. Yeah, it's an astounding, astounding example of just gymnastic wordplay. I don't know how long it took him to write this song and how he made... I don't know if the song really has... is really uh, structurally or, or if there's a thread going through the whole thing, but it makes sense. Well, Getty Lee from the Rush Profiled CD that I mentioned on the oh, previous yeah. podcast, he says it doesn't really say one thing. It says yeah. a bunch of little things, and I think that's okay as long as it sounds good. You know, as long as it rolls off the tongue kind of thing. So I think different songs are different exercises to a degree. Anagram, I think, did work, even though it's a game. The whole song is a game. The choruses are quite smooth and quite interesting, and they have a nice sound to them, and they kind of mock the whole song itself. So I think it was effective there. So there you go. What do you think he means mock the whole song itself? I don't know. What do you think he means? I haven't sliced it in. I never thought about that. I just love this song so much. I, I really, there's really no criticism of there's it There's no at all. safe seat at the feast. Take your best stab at the beast. The night is turning thin. The saint is turning to sin. Does that mock the rest of the song? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound. I mean, if Getty says it, it, it must be true. Yeah, I don't know. He has, he has an inside bead on what it might mean. How about this part? Reasoning is partly insane. Image is just an eyeless game. Yeah. The thing that I love about it is not just, uh, you know, putting words, you know, taking words out of other words and putting them in a coherent sentence. Yeah, it's amazing. But then, like what you just said, those sentences actually make sense in the context of the two words being talked about. Right. Exactly. When he's saying parade from paradise, you take the letters from parade out of paradise. Right. Which makes sense in that sense, but right. it also makes sense in the other sense. Yes. It's Reasoning amazing. is partly insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, it's crazy. An image, just an eyeless game. I mean, I, I can't even. Without the eye. Right. But That's... he also used, he also, it's not just an, the letter I, it's I as in the eye in your head. Right. So an image is an eyeless game. Look, the bottom line is Neil Peart is way, way smarter than you and I combined and probably everyone else who's listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. He's brilliant. This is just such an incredible exercise that turned out so wonderfully. I listen, I, sorry, I just love this song so much. I, I went through it and I just underlined all of the words that are from other words. Oh, and you wrote wow. After I wrote every wow word. out of a couple. The ones was uh, image, just an eyeless game. Uh, and to find, I find, it says, lonely things like nights I find and finer with a friend. In that last line, find and finer friend. I know. <laughs> they all crazy. come from friend. That's crazy. And then I hear. And end. The, find right. and find and, and Yeah. Find and finer. And I hear in the rate of her heart. 
hear, race, her, all come from heart. It's amazing. A tear in the heat of the art. I mean, we could just go through a whole song. There's a snake crawling out of the darkness, which is great because snake comes, you could take snake, it can crawl out of the word darkness. I would love to see a lyric video of this where they, someone actually makes all of the sentences come alive based on, you know, the, the verbs used in them, right? Snake crawling out of the darkness, parade from paradise. Yeah, absolutely. And the need for Eden, chase the dreams of mercenary. You know, that that opening stanza actually- It sort of makes sense. It makes sense. It's, it's talking about kind of like the Garden of Evil, right? The snake crawling out of the darkness, right? Parade from paradise. So they have to leave paradise, Adam and Eve, and the need for Eden. And then that leads to chasing the dreams of merchandise. Chase the dreams of merchandise. Chase and dreams post, post, both come out of merchandise. There was tick and talk in atomic- I just love that because you think of atomic clocks. Yeah. We could talk about this song for, for an hour. Well, we're not going to do that. We'll, Leaders we'll, make we'll a deal. In tears. Leaders make a deal. Yeah, it's great. The cosmic is largely comic. A con they couldn't conceal. It's uh, great. Uh, raise the art. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep on going. Raise the art to resistance. I can edit this out later, everyone. Oh, a danger okay. dare to be grand. <laughs> pride reduced to humble pie diamonds down to sand it's just unbelievable this song miracles will have their claimers that's a good that's that a good a one great one right miracles will have their claimers now that's an actual anagram that's an actual anagram yeah more will bow to rome he and she are in the house but it's only me at home that is <laughs> that's it's, amazing it's so i'm laughing because i'm i'm just in awe I'm in absolute awe of this song. Now, what do you think musically of the song? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Musically, it's great. Yeah. It's just like uh, Getty said in that quote, right? It doesn't seem out of place. Like it, These are such specific lyrics with a specific thing tying them all together. You know, this anagram thing, this mm-hmm. wordplay. You might think that it would seem out of place in a song, but somehow Getty and Alex- you well, know, Getty and Alex made it work. Yeah. They have the vocal melody or whatever and the the music just work great with these lyrics. And the thing is, if you didn't know that all these words were anagrams of each other, you wouldn't know. You might not know because yeah. it, it makes coherent sense. Yeah. Rose is a rose of splendor, po- posed to respond in the end. God, I would love to hear Neil talk about this song. There must be an interview somewhere. I, I should have looked it up. I didn't find a Neil interview. I just found the Getty one. Just, I just want to know how he wrote this song. Did he collect words? It must have taken him forever. And this was 1989. Before the internet when, you, can just, just, say when you could just Google anagrams. Yeah. You can yeah, you go to an anagram page and put in any word. It must have taken, it was either kind of, kind of the song that either took forever or took like no time at all. He's pretty brilliant, so it might not have taken as long as it would have taken you or I, that's for sure. I'm assuming he just kind of had this idea, let me do this thing, this experiment, and then he just collected words that he liked. I mean, he may have been collecting these for years, you know, these phrases, just coming up with these anagram phrases for years and just yeah, slowly building up to having enough for a song, maybe. Yeah, and finding some way to- Tie be, them together. Tie them together in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Which, like Eddie said, they're kind of loosely tied together, but it is, it makes more sense than a lot of songs I've heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
All right, so uh, why don't we move on to track nine on Presto, Jerry? We can't, we can't talk about this song more. I just want to no, heap praise on this we song. We have to move on. All right, all right. We have to move on. It's Red Tide. Nature has some new plague to run in our streets. History, some new wrinkle we are doomed to repeat. Fugitives at the bedroom door. Now, the thing that jumps out at me about this song, yes. other than the fact that I think it would have fit on Grace Under Pressure, as we mentioned last podcast, yes, Alex's guitar solo is just oh, yeah. awesome. Yep. Awesome. Amazing. One of his best, I think. Definitely. What do you think of this, Jared, Red Tide? Um, I think it's an, envi- it's a, it's a environmental song, obviously. It's a song of warning about environmental catastrophe. Yeah, it's kind of like a distant early warning. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is another song about Maybe not the environment per se, but just uh, coming catastrophe. Now, now the first verse, Jer, what do you think the first verse is about? Nature has some new plague to run in our streets. History has some new wrinkle. We are doomed to repeat. Do you know what the plague is? Because I do. I, I, so you I, looked it up? Well, Neil mentioned what the plague is. Hmm. I'm assuming it's not actually a plague, like the plague. No. The key, I mean, the clue, the bedroom door. He's talking about AIDS. He's talking about AIDS. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. See, I didn't think I th- I took it as being an, a song about the environment. Well, I think I think after that it is. But he's just talking about. Well, let me read you the yeah, quote okay. from Neil. Um, this is from Rush Profiled. It's a bit of a selfish concern, really. I really love wildlife, and I spend a lot of time in the outdoors when I'm not working, so that's important to me. One of my main hobbies is cycling. Air quality kind of becomes a critical importance, so it's a selfish thing, and sometimes I've written about it before on previous album, the song Second Nature. Oh. In the first verse, when I'm talking about nature's new plague and then lovers passing at the bedroom door to find an open store and all that, to me that was obviously referring to AIDS. But it was the irony of modern life, you know, where spontaneous love still certainly does occur, but there are two lovers who have just met in the middle of the night and they have to go find a store before they can consummate their new relationship. Wow. And to me, when I put those things down, I have a smile, but I know that it's one that will never be shared. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Trying to find an open store. I had no idea what that meant. Condoms. Yeah. That's what it means, Steve. I got it. (laughs) That's incredible. But but he does talk about the environment later on, right? Yes. So he's just talking about staving off some kind of, uh, catastrophe whether it be aids or yeah. or another catastrophe right being prepared preparing yourself and uh, stopping whatever could be bad for you with the planet the red tide the red tide yeah. and the red tide is a, in a real thing yes you know, it's an algae bloom but it's an analogy here though yeah definitely yeah. but i had i looked up more about red tide because i knew it was just an algae bloom but it, they can be extremely extremely devastating oh yeah to ocean life yeah because they're toxic. They can be toxic mm-hmm. and then they get into like shellfish and bottom feeders and things like that. And then obviously the get into the food chain, large mammals can be poisoned by the t- toxicity. And then after the algae bloom dies, there's a lot of plant matter in the water. So then uh, bacteria come in and bacteria, you know, need oxygen and they suck all of the oxygen out of the water and <laughs> kill all the fish. I mean, it's really, it's really a devastating 
thing that can happen. This is like a science lesson, this song. Yeah. Or this breakdown of the song, for sure. And the song itself is just great. Yeah, this is not a false alarm. This is not a test. I mean, I'm I'm curious to think if, if he would write a song like this today about climate change. Yeah. I mean, he could. Sure. Or you could just use this song. To me, the, the be- it's weird, but the best part of this song is after that first, this is not a false alarm, this is not a test. Yeah. Just that transition back into the next verse. Yeah. It's just great. It just mellows out again, and then yeah. you get into the stay out of the sun, it only burns my skin, that whole part. I think that part is talking about the ozone layer. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I think each verse is talking about a different, a slightly different, a thing, different yeah. thing. Yeah. But the first one's definitely AIDS because that's what Neil said it is. Right. And the ozone, you know, people talk about uh, climate change and how humans can't change the climate of the planet, but we did destroy the ozone layer with our oh, yeah. air spray mm-hmm. and coolants, you know, refrigeration. So it, it can happen. It has happened. And then we banned all the styrofoam and the hairspray and stuff like that. And the ozone layer, you know, it's not back to 100%, but it's it's healing itself. Yeah. But I think uh, we destroyed it a lot quicker than we can heal it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so that's what he's talking about. That was 1989, right? That was a big thing yeah. in 89, the ozone layer. Oh, yeah. And AIDS was big back then, too. Yeah. Not that it was big then. That's not good. It's just that it's not as big now. That's That's the good part. Yes. Totally get it. Anything else on Red Tide before we move on, sir? Um, yeah, the one line, the party is disrupted by an uninvited guest. Hmm. Who's the uninvited guest? Or what is the uninvited guest? Yeah, well, I, when I listen to this song, I'm thinking if we're talking just about strictly about the environment, it's not necessarily uninvited. I mean, we kind of invite these problems by what we do. Are we the uninvited guest? Ooh. How about that? Yes. You're the uninvited guest. I am Jared. always the uninvited guest. Yes, yes the I, party is disrupted by an uninvited guest. Human beings. Yeah, that's my interpretation yeah, of it. That's the. That's it. Okay. I'm hanging. Are my you hat. sure? Yeah, I'm hanging my hat on that one. Okay. Deadline approaches for the weary land. It used to be something, but we let it run down in our hands. We. This, meaning yeah. us. Yeah. And then too late for debate. Too bad to ignore. Quiet rebellion leads to open war. Bring a sea change to the factory floor. I like how he uses the sea there, you know, Yeah, for the red tide, as the red tide covers the shore. So he's basically saying, you know, let's get a handle on our pollution. Yeah. Right. We need a sea change on the factory floor. Great song. So it is a great song. There, there's but, not a bad song on this record. There really isn't. No, but you know, he also uses another literary quote in here. No, I didn't know that. He says, uh, now's the time to turn the tide. Now's the time to fight. Let us not go gently to the endless winter night. Ah, who's that? That's a paraphrase of... Dylan Thomas. Okay. He has, he has a poem entitled, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. It's a poem about dying. It also contains the kind of famous line, rage, rage against the dying of the light. And in the poem, he's just, you know, when it comes to old age, he's just going to fight it with all of his might. Right. And this is, I guess, what Neil's trying to say. We have to f- fight the death of the planet with it's all of our might. Just brilliantly done, really. Neil is a poet and he doesn't even know it. Maybe he does. He might know it. I think he knows it. That wasn't that wasn't poetry, what I just did, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on to track 10 before I start reading more more lame poetry puns. Hand over fist, Jer. Could disappear into the crowd Not if I keep my head in the clouds I could walk away so proud It's easy enough If you don't laugh too loud I thought I was okay alone Wait for the postman and 
Now this, as you know, is one of my favorite Rush songs that is overlooked, I think, by yeah. many. And you like it too, I think. I like it too. You, so it's one of your favorite Rush songs, meaning it would be top 20? Uh, I don't know if I'd make it top 20, because that's, that's high praise. Yeah, I know. That's high praise. I would say definitely top 50, top third. How's that? Yeah, I think that's good. That's fair, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite Rush songs that most people don't know. How about that? Sure, yeah. You know, are we still working on those lists of our favorite songs? Because, I mean, I do it occasionally. We should do it. We have, to, we have to do that for one of the podcasts, for sure. I've, I've noticed a trend is that I have a, a very small list of songs I do not like. Right. And, and a very that, large list of songs you do like. A very large list of songs that I absolutely love. And then the rest in the middle are, it's so hard to discern. Yeah. I can't break the, the I can't split the hairs with these songs because they're all so good. Now, I just love the song itself. Oh, Forget yeah. the lyrics. But the lyrics, I think, are brilliant. They are. And what, what's your interpretation of the lyrics? I'm wondering if it lines up with mine. I love the fact that he uses this, you know, children's game used to, uh, you know, decide squabbles or arguments or who gets to sit in the front seat or whatever and, and makes it part of like a relationship thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Well, to me, the closed fist is anger, yeah. resentment. You've got a closed fist, yeah. but an open hand, hand over hand, right. is accepting, love, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, and if, you, uh, if you're playing, if you're going to try to- Paper covers rock. Paper covers rock, so you have an open hand over a fist. Right. And so somebody in the relationship is angry or disappointed and whatever, and you come over with your open hand and you put it on Paper top of Paper beats their, rock. Paper beats rock. And you, you know, you put it, you put it over their hand and say, you know, it's going to be okay. We're yeah. going to be okay. That's the, what's he say? It's lay the, hand over hand. Yeah. Hand over hand doesn't seem so much. Hand over hand is the strength of the common touch. Yeah. So you go from, and, and I just love the fact that it's like this, this game of superiority, mm -hmm. right? And usually the rock is so strong, but it, it's no match for the open hand. I, it's just brilliant. It, it is. really is. It really is an amazing song. So that's what I think. I think in this song, this couple is having arguments or disagreements, right? Mm -hmm. And especially the line, <laughs> you talk as we walk alone. You never imagined I could be so wrong. Humming your favorite song. You know, I've hated that song for so long. <laughs> it's like, she's just doing things to it. Annoy yeah, she's him. just annoying him. She's yeah. annoying him on purpose. Yep. Right. Or How, he's annoying her. Or he's annoying her, right. How can we ever agree like the rest of the world? We grow farther apart. I swear you don't listen to me. Holding my hand to my heart, holding my fist to my racing heart. Yeah. Because when you hold your hand to your heart, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like, oh, bless. Not a heart attack. Well, no, I, I think <laughs> it like in one way it would be like, oh, bless you. You know what I mean? It's just like you put like, oh, how, how cute is that puppy? Right. But then when you put your fist to your heart. It's rage. <laughs> it's rage. Yeah. But I feel my spirit resist. I open up my fist, lay hand over hand over fist. Yeah. Right. Neil. Neil. It is great. Yeah. And it's just disappointing to me that they never played this song live. Yeah, it would have been great. This is one of those songs I would have loved to have heard them do. Yeah, I don't... I don't know why they didn't. I mean, it, it must be hard to make a set list. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because you're going to disappoint somebody. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, but it's, you know... Just... But let's say that they played this over, I don't know, a any song they play a lot. You know what I mean? Oh, Subdivisions. Sure. Yeah. People would have been mad. Well, P 
people would have been mad, but I wouldn't have been. No. See, I'm the type of person that I, all I wanted to see when we went to see Rush was a song I've never seen them do before. Yeah. It's all I wanted to see. You know, like if, if they played Cinderella Man or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, no, we, really. I mean, how great would that have been? Yeah. Didn't happen, though. But like like we keep bringing up when they played Losing It, that last tour, yeah. for those few shows, it was great. It was great. Just because I'd never seen them do it, and it was awesome, would have loved to have seen Hand Over Fist. Yeah. But now we're at the end of the album, Steve. Are we? Are we? No. There's one more song. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, this is the end of the album. Oh, the next okay. Song. The next song. And what's the next song, Jer? Available Life. I've got a spoiler alert, Jer. Uh-oh. For the poll for Presto. Yeah. When I give the poll for the last yeah, yeah. five songs on Presto, Available Light is going to be top of the list. You think? Yeah. People love, I love Available Light. I love Available Light. But Rush fans love Available Light. You know why they love it, I think? Because it's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a that's kind of circular reasoning. Yes. No, I think they love it because it's another song that takes Rush out of its normal kind of approach to songwriting. Yeah. It's, it's such an unusual song for them, and I mean that in the, in, in the best way possible. But Presto was an unusual song for them, but this is different. I yeah. mean, it's just... It's like a ballad almost. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. And I think Getty's voice on this song, yeah. this may be his best vocal work ever at yeah. 160 whatever it is songs he sounds great he sounds amazing on this song i mean especially when be, he just says available light you know in the if i were going to rank the rush songs in terms of getty's voice ooh, that would be a that would be an interesting ex- exercise yeah i would put this one right up top in the top 10 at least yeah That'd that be a, would be hard to do. That would be hard to do we should do that well i don't know if i would do all, all 169 that songs. would be impossible to do i think we could pick a top 10, though. I guess. I mean, I love Getty's voice. I don't think he sounds really bad on any song. No, but obviously sounds better on some than others, right? Yeah. By degrees. Teeny bitty degrees. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, the keyboards on this song, the piano, it's awesome. Yeah. I like how uh, the keyboards of the piano uh, come in at the beginning, and Alex really doesn't show up for yeah. a little while. But uh, like uh, when with Hold Your Fire... We were like, where's Alex? And it's, or like, uh, you know, uh, Power Windows. Like, we're missing Alex. I don't miss him in this song. Not that I'm saying, no, I'm not saying that's a, a, you know, I just don't, 
It, you don't it, notice that he's not there. I don't notice that he's not there, and I mean that in a positive way because the song is so interesting as it is. Yeah. And then when he comes in, it's just a whole other flavor to the and song. And the solo on this song is outstanding yeah. too. And this song fades out, Steve. <sighs> you know, I got I got maybe three or four people that agreed with me on the fade outs that hate them just as much as I do. Okay. I'm not I, I'm not big on the fade out. But um, like we said last time, there are so many songs that fade out. That doesn't mean it's good. I know, but how do you listen to music? What do you mean? There's so many songs that fade out. If you, oh uh, no, I don't not listen to songs that fade out. You just, I just it just bothers you every time. I just would prefer if they didn't fade out. That's all. <laughs> That's all it is. And I love this song. I'm not going to hate the song because it fades. Well, now you could just stop it. There you, you go. You could just end it yourself. I guess, but then I'm just stopping it in the middle of the song. I could do that with any song. Yeah, but just pretend that that's how they stopped it. I guess. But I don't, know. I don't think they ever played this live either. Mm, I don't know. But if they did, they wouldn't have faded it. That's for sure. <laughs> that would be interesting if you, if they could. They could, I guess, but why would you do that? Yeah, I guess so. But I just love the idea of looking at things in the available light. What do you think that means? I'm taking it to mean that you should try and sort of like it almost comes full circle with show don't tell. He wants to see the world as it is in whatever you know, light that's available. Yeah. In C2, I think it's called, like in its place. Okay. And not have like harsh lights on them. He says that at one point, right? With the with the colors, where does he say it? Trick of light, moving picture, moments caught in flight, make the shadows darken or the colors shine too bright. Mhm. And so I think that's he, he's trying to get away from that. He wants to see the world in the available light, in the light that's just around you. You don't have to bring anything to the table. You're just experiencing it the way it is. Do you think in a way this kind of wraps up war paint and superconductor too? Mm. Because so. you're not seeing the people in those songs in the available light. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're not seeing themselves in the available light. Right. Yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, it is. Kind and, of a good way to wrap up the whole album. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just that this is the phrase "available light." Yeah, just great. it's just what's. I mean, <laughs> sorry, just, he's so amazing on this album. And at the end, he says, "You know, all four winds together can't bring the world to me. Shadows hide the play of light. So much I want to see. Chase the light around the world. I want to look at life in the available light." Now, to me, that that says experiences. If you want to experience things, it's not going to come to you. Yeah. You have to go pursue it. Right? Right. Yeah. You have to see them in their place in the light that's there. Okay. So to speak. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll go with the wind. I'll stand in the light. Run to light from shadow. Yeah. I wanted to talk about one thing. Lyric is, play of light a photograph the way I used to be. Some half forgotten stranger doesn't mean that much to me. How how does that tie into the song? uh, I don't know. Does that have something to do with getting older? The stranger... If you look at a picture of yourself from 20 years ago, that person might look like a stranger to you. It's a different, mm. different person. No? Yeah, I guess so. Do you, you don't think you're that way about yourself if you think back, right? Um, that you're so, if, so if alien think, to yourself? If I think back in my mind of myself 30 years ago, let's say, I still picture the same person that I am. Yeah. But if I look at a photo, then I look... I feel like I look like a different person. Interesting, because, right? and that's what the song is about, at that moment, in that light, right? you're a totally different person than you are in this light. Right. Wow. 
That is. It's amazing. It is amazing. Neil is great. Getty and Alex are too. They are. So that wraps up this album, Jaron. A great one it is. It is a great album. Uh, what do you say we uh, we talk about uh, some of the shows we saw? Oh yeah, on this tour before we wrap up the podcast. Sure. Do you know that we saw Rush three times on the Presto tour? Listen to these dates. You ready? Yeah. April twentieth, nineteen ninety. April twenty second, nineteen ninety. <laughs> April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. Wow. We saw Rush three times in six days. Nice. How about that? That. They played at the Meadowlands Arena first. Then we went to Nassau Coliseum. That's the only time oh, we. Oh, I remember that. I show. remember that too. It's the only time we went to Nassau Coliseum. And then they played at the Meadowlands again. Wow. So we saw them on a Friday at the Meadowlands, Sunday at Nassau, and then the following Wednesday again at East Rutherford. Yeah. And I read in the book that our good friends Skip and Eric wrote about the tours uh, that Getty was sick on the first show. Didn't sound great. No. I guess. I, I don't remember. I, mean, I don't remember that either. I was probably just so excited to see it. Yeah. We were thrilled. What do we care? What do we care? Well, we care if Getty's sick, but we're still right. going to go see the show. Yeah. Uh, so here's the set list from that first show. And I think I think the other two shows were the same set list. Uh, so we've got Force 10, Free Will, Distant Early Warning. Wow. Time Stand Still, Subdivisions, Marathon, Red Barchetta. Wow. Uh, now we get it. keep rolling. Yeah. Then they get into a couple of new songs, Show Don't Tell and The Pass, Closer to the Heart. Manhattan Project, wow. Xanadu, Ugh. YYZ. With drum solo? With drum solo. Uh, then Scars, which we talked about. War Paint with the Bunnies, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Mission, which is another great song. Tom Sawyer wrapped up the, the show. And then for the encore, The Spirit of Radio, 2112 Part 1 Overture, La Villa Strangiado, In the Mood, and wipe out. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? No, 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 no. Yeah. Just at the end, a little joke at the end, so right? They, they finished up with Wipeout. Yeah. So that that was an amazing show, and all three of them, I'm sure, were amazing. Yeah. And we love Presto. We do. What can we say? So uh, that does it for the Rush Fancast, Jer, for this week. Yeah. Yeah. And well, a good one it was. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed talking about Presto as much as we did. You can follow us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram, the Rushcast, email Jerry, the Rushcast at gmail.com. Tell him about your Presto tour experience. So, Jerry, do you have a quote for me to wrap up the podcast? Of course I do, Steve. Would I, would I ever let you down? You would. Yeah, I would. Miracles will have their claimers. More will bow to Rome. He and she are in their house. It's only me at home. I knew you were going to go with that. You did, right? I did. Take it easy, guys. See you later.